Good morning everyone. Welcome to a new Monday morning. Uh, today is the day that the kids go back to school, for most of us anyway, and I know my kids are totally excited about this, and I am too, just a little bit. So I'm going to start with a poem. This is a poem by Maury. Speak in the softest of whispers, tickling the hairs by my ear. With the sweetest of words, oh, how you tempt me. With intoxicating lips and beauty of an angel. But darling, you have no idea. There is no angel here. There is an account of Jesus in the Gospels. Um, of, of Jesus being tempted after 40 days and nights without food. In what would appear as a, um, a really exposed and vulnerable state for Jesus, the devil rocks up and offers him three things from his own hand, if Jesus will accept. So the first thing is immediate physical gratification of hunger with a nice warm piece of freshly baked sourdough from Pigeon Hole Bakery with a slab of butter and drizzled desert honey. Second, he offers to fast-track the auditions and crown Jesus Master Chef, Lego Master, and The Voice all at once, giving him all authority and power over every kingdom and the adoration and glory of every audience. Third, the devil throws in the offer of being a neo-Houdini as well, that Jesus can have all spiritual and magical authority to perform miracles and amazing stunts, but this time with the added promise that there will be no accidental drowning in the middle of a performance. No, Jesus himself gets to be bulletproof rather than the glass stunt tank, and he won't so much as hurt a foot against a stone. There are so many commentaries around the temptation of Christ in the desert. I'm not a theologian. Um, in fact, I don't have any particular authority to speak about this stuff at all. So I'm going to keep it really simple and just talk about what stood out to me when I read this over the last week. And actually, I really love uh, this, just as a bit of a detour here. I've heard so many sermons and talks and commentaries about this moment in Jesus' life because it is actually a really significant and pivotal moment in time for Jesus. Um, it's the beginning of his ministry. But what I saw when I read it, read it this week was new for me. And not for any other reason that that God reveals to us what he wants us to see in his scripture. And that's why it is said of scripture that it is alive and that we might read the words, but in reality, the scripture reads us. It tells us what is going on in our very hearts. And I find that really amazing. Anyway, I digress. I guess one of the things that often stands out in this moment of Jesus' life, um, that liminal moment at the threshold of Jesus starting his ministry, is that it's almost like a test of his humanness and divinity all at once. It's like a sliding door moment that could have gone in really different directions. So Satan is offering Jesus a way out of his immediate wilderness experience. But it's also a way out of where he was headed, into a road of suffering and death. The devil was offering Jesus an exit strategy, if you like, that wouldn't cost him his life. But what else occurred to me was also that the devil was offering Jesus a way back to what had already been established and what worked before. Think about it. Jesus didn't need the devil to give him sourdough. He created the universe and a bit of wheat mixed with water was already his. Jesus didn't need the devil to crown him with all the adoration and the glories of the world that that had to offer. He already owned them. 
And Jesus didn't need the devil to make him miraculous and hand him spiritual authority. He already held that in the palm of his hand. He was Mr. Spiritual Guru already, after all. The devil wasn't just offering Jesus the desires of his flesh and ego in a weakened spiritual moment. And he wasn't just offering Jesus a way out or an alternative to what Jesus knew must come. What he was also offering Jesus was a way back. A way back to what Jesus already knew he was. A way back to what had come before. Jesus knew there was nothing wrong with what had already come before. In fact, he knew it was good. It had been good. But Jesus saw that, like in the poem, there was no angel here. Because what the devil offered was no longer what God was doing. Jesus knew God was establishing something new in the world. And that to give into the temptation to go back to the old was to say no to God's purpose for him and his creation. So this was a bit of an important little epiphany for me this week. For me, I know God is taking me on a spiritual journey if I choose to follow. There are two kind of things in this journey that are taking a specific shape in my life for this season. The first is my relationships with my daughters and particularly my eldest. I'm being really challenged to parent not out of control but from a place of love and relationship. God has been impressing on me really slowly and gently that I can't change the choices my daughters make, but I can change mine. I can change my heart, my response and my posture. God is doing something new in me. It's painful and I really don't get it right very often. It's a bit like paint stripper sometimes, showing me that when I thought I was in fact parenting from things important to my character like truth and trust and responsibility, that in fact it was my need to control that drove those things, not love not relationship. My constant temptation in this process is to return to habit patterns I know and emotional responses that feel righteous, but they're not. They're just my big fat ego wanting to be obeyed and respected. The temptation for me is to return to what my established order is, what I used to know. The second specific path beginning to take shape for me where I know God is doing something new is, and I talked about this a bit last week in my podcast, is to free me from the imprisonment of confinement to my inner and private life. I have thought of this as a sort of coming out, not to trivialise what um, any experience of coming out is for those exposing a new gender identity. No, this can be an incredibly vulnerable and often socially dangerous thing for people to do. It's a risk in how others perceive you. Relationships can change and people's circumstances can change too. It's risky. It's exposing. Coming out spiritually doesn't feel trivial to me either. I've really wrestled with it and this last week I've given in to temptation to hide when I have felt God ask me not to. I've really longed to go back to the bliss of the bubble of what came before because, well thanks very much God, my anonymity was really just fine. But I know that's not what God is doing. In both of these areas of my life and in this season, he's doing something new. These renovations of my heart, as Dallard Willis calls them, can transform me from someone controlling to someone relational and loving, from being protective and fearful to an identity that is generously open and free. It is quite literally a stepping out of the old, of what I've known and what was established, and stepping into the new 
Interestingly, we often say that to be like Jesus, we have to put off the old and put on the new. But actually, Jesus did too. In the desert, in the face of the devil's temptations, he also had to take off the old man and put on the new man. Again, we follow the way of Jesus. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, he knew God was already doing something new. He knew God was doing something the universe had been waiting for with baited, held breath since the beginning of time. Something far more exquisite, far more generative, far more real and far more life-giving. He knew where the real treasure was. I'm sure it wasn't easy to push past the smell of freshly baked sourdough from Pigeonhole Bakery. But what the devil offered in going back wasn't a scratch on what God was doing going forward. He was going to redeem his very creation, to make wrongs right, to give the blind sight, to give the homeless a home, to bring equality, justice, dignity to all people, and most of all, restore intimate, deep, thirst-quenching relationship between himself and us back into being. We follow Jesus in leaving the old behind and walking into the new, no matter how painful, no matter what we have to leave behind. We do have a choice. We can sit in the old. It's comfy and familiar and warm and even good. But it isn't a scratch on what God has in mind for us. Life, freedom, abundance, redemption, transformation and renovation of our very hearts. This message is not just for me. I think, in fact, it's fair to say, because I'm not the only one saying it, that God is doing something altogether new in our world at the moment. The COVID-19 pandemic is drawing God's people out of a cultural slumber and God is asking us to be part of something new, something hopeful, something that is not a scratch on the slumbering post-Christianity the West has offered our global digital culture into the 21st century. So what's God doing new in you? What is the journey of new hope that God is leading you on? What are your sourdough moments? the temptations to go back, to return to what you know, rather than follow the way of Jesus, to leave your old self behind and walk into a renovation of your heart. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are always calling us into something new, into a renovation of our heart. Lord, we are often fearful of taking off our old self, And we often want to run back to comfort, familiarity and safety. And even when we do follow you, sometimes it feels like it must have felt to Jesus or even the Israelites circling for a long time in a dry, barren desert, heading somewhere unknown. But you told them and you remind us to be strong, take courage and not be intimidated. Not to give in to temptations and not to give them a second thought because you are going ahead of us. You say, I am right here with you and I will never leave you. Father, we trust in your power to transform our hearts to be more like you. In Jesus' name.